ex-Maverick City music star Dante Bo releases new secular music video, Wind Me Up, with bikini-clad women dancing around him. And a worship leader on their official Instagram page says that the church is doing a disservice when we label certain music as sacred and others as secular. And we look at Christian artists who have teamed up with secular artists to make worship music. The Good Fight Radio Show. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at the difference between sacred and secular music, much to the chagrin, I'm sure, of plenty of worship leaders. And to discuss this very important topic is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. Yeah, Chad, this is a very important issue. Uh, and the church is just becoming more and more watered down. Uh, we should expect that. There's a great picture of what will take place before Christ's second coming, where Moses said, you know, the, God, the Lord God would rise a prophet up like unto him. In the New Testament, Acts chapter 3, we see, yeah, that's Jesus. And there's all these parallels between Moses and Jesus. And when Moses went up uh, to receive the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai, uh, we know that the people who were just delivered, man, from bondage, uh, had Aaron, you know, make a golden calf, and they're involved in all kinds of orgiastic type music. And uh, Moses comes down, and he breaks the commandments, and he's just, because of all the idolatry. And that's a great picture, because Jesus talked about how, you know, there would be those who were saying the Lord delays his coming, because they'd seen that Moses delayed his coming. And now we're in a very similar period of time where people are, you know, instead of, you know, looking forward uh, to the Lord's return, and keeping their affections on things above, as Colossians says, and so forth. They want to build a kingdom here, and they're not making a distinction between that, which is holy and profane. And now a lot of the professing believers are whipping out their own golden calves, and they're they're basically dismissing that which is secular from that which is Christian. And one last point along those lines is, I'll just say this, is I, I did a presentation. I used to do these live presentations. They sold their souls for rock and roll all over the place before I was pastoring full-time. I don't have as much time to do that. And... One place I did it, it was just, it was awesome. I was invited back there several times, but they had a choir of like 50 people uh, just worshiping the Lord in the beginning. And at the end, I gave a salvation call. And after that, I gave a call of repentance from this music, man, to just renounce the works of darkness. And I was blown away. There was like 50 people there that came up from the choir, 50 out of, 49 out of 50, say, right around there. And I was like so grateful that they were saying, man, we want to get out of our music. I thought, man, but it broke my heart. I thought, man, how many across the you know landscape of Christendom uh, you have Christians who are singing you know secular music that they feel they need to repent of when they see the truth. Uh, and then on Sunday morning, they're, they're up there worshiping Jesus, but then going back to the vomit during the week. And the interesting thing is a year or two later, I was invited back and the one gal that didn't come up who was the actual leader in front of the entire choir, the main singer did the solos, she came up. And I was like, praise God, she came up. But man, we hope and pray that the Lord will reach the hearts of all of our listeners and, and that you'll have an influence uh, for the Lord in regard to music and making a distinction between that which is holy and that which is profane. Yeah, I think this is a, a such an important topic and, and it kind of rears its own ugly head every once in a while. It's not even every once in a while. It's, it could be every week. We could do a show on this every week, whether it's from Andy Stanley and his band out there playing Led Zeppelin and then him joking, and I hope he was joking, Oh, we got to let them get this stuff out. You know, North Point worship and all this stuff that, you know, a bunch of sing songs are sung every Sunday 
in church and these guys may be writing that, but maybe it's under the influence of the bands they truly admire, their real idols. Uh, rather than it being affectionate towards the Lord and keeping your minds on things of the Lord, they're listening to songs about going down the Pied Piper's path and, and so yeah. forth. I mean, I mean, to sing that on a Sunday service, we have an entire episode. We and I don't want to belabor that point because we do have an entire episode you can watch called Churches Singing the Songs of Fools. And that one really grieves my heart, especially... Yeah. And, and sometimes it's like this. I know it, it is true that, you know, when somebody is an ex-smoker, right, they, they, they hate the smell of cigarettes and, and, and praise God for that. But And I know that people are like, oh, that's the same thing with you. You know, you hated that music because you used to be really into death metal and stuff before I gave my life to Christ after watching They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. And it's like, no, not necessarily. What happened was I also started reading the scripture. Yeah. And and can you imagine reading that in Hebrews chapter 13 that we still have a sacrifice, uh, a sacrifice that we still have today? Wait, but Jesus, the whole point of the book of Hebrews, right, is that there's been one sacrifice and that Jesus Christ, his supremacy, his blood, everything, I mean, just so amazing. But we do have a sacrifice. That sacrifice that we offer now is a sacrifice of praise to our God. Which ought to be continually your on your lips, right? Continue the fruit of our lips. Give thanks to his name. That doesn't leave a lot of time for us uh, thinking about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, does it, Jeff? No, it doesn't. And when I look at Colossians, when I look at Ephesians, both circular letters to be sent out to the churches, how things are supposed to be done by Christians, and when I see that we are supposed to teach, admonish one another with psalms, and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in a heart to who? The Lord. I, I say, I don't really got room for it. I don't know how much time people have, honestly. And and you have people playing at churches, even locally here. I just recently, someone showed me a video of, oh, here, I'm going to use an example. And what we're going to do is we're going to play all these melodies from bands like Journey and Rush, by the way, playing with a pentagram, you know, when he's out there, Neil Pert and so forth, the drummer. I mean, just, you know, let's play all this secular music. Let's play Bon Jovi living on a prayer and let's have everyone singing it. And it's like, well, what are they going to remember from your little sermon? It's not going to be your application. It's going to be that melody that's been stuck in their heart, which is the point you were trying to make in the first place. You know, no one's ever sitting here wondering, oh, I just hate when I get that, 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 that sermon stuck in my head. No, you hate when you get certain songs stuck in your head because yeah. you've been designed ultimately. Yeah. God has designed you for, for music. And yeah. so these things are are serious, and we we could talk at length about the secular music. We could talk at length and have about when it comes to the Bethels and so forth. Sadly enough, even when Shane and Shane have an upcoming concert with them, we've talked about that on a live show uh, for further. If you want to check that out, we'll put a link in, in the description. But you look at this and the warnings over and over again. Guys, why are you trying to team up with heretics? But then you have... Just completely, let's just completely erase anything as sacred and secular. Yeah, and, before you go on to that, yeah. since you mentioned Colossians chapter 3 and Ephesians chapter uh, 5, uh, those are passages. Some people say, well, I grew up with this music. Well, yeah, we all grew up with all kinds of darkness, you know. And when you look at, and we've exposed, and I, I'm aware, most believers are not really aware of how deep this goes and uh, and so forth. But if you don't, if you're not aware of how deep it goes, if you're in the scripture, you know, uh, as you mentioned, Chad, you just go to the scripture. It's very clear. I mean, Christostom, one of the early church fathers, uh, he stated that, you know, God gave us the, the book of Psalms, which is songs, the biggest book in the Bible, by the way. So it would not be overtaken by the music of demons. That was long before MTV and FM radio and AM radio and, and all this uh, and so many of these bands coming out. But the very word muse, uh, uh, the word music comes from muse, which are were these beneficiary spirits that they, that, you know, that the Greeks would talk about. And 
Satan. People often forget that Satan is a fallen angel uh, and that he is a fallen musician angel. Uh, the scriptures tell us in Ezekiel uh, chapter 28 uh, that he was created with tabernacle and percussion instruments uh, and that he basically, and we know he's the anointed cherub. And we go to Revelation chapter 4 and 5 and we look at the cherubim there. There's four of them and they lead the worship in heaven. And uh, he fell though. And as anointed cherub, as a musician, uh, he fell. Many scholars point out that he was probably the worship leader in heaven. Uh, many state that, matter of factly, I can't prove matter of factly, he was the worship leader, but he may have been because he's the one that led over a third of the angels astray. And Chad, uh, Ezekiel says in Ezekiel chapter 22, God comes down on the, uh, the, the, the professing uh, leaders of his people because he says the priests are not making a distinction between that which is holy and that which is profane. And when leaders may fail to make a distinction between that which is holy and profane and their leaders, they're in trouble. And this is very, very serious because in the scriptures, we're called to be separate from that which is evil and consecrated unto God. And music is designed to glorify God. And we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's going on in heaven, man? They're not, they're not singing, you know, Bon Jovi's, you know, they're not singing all the secular music these guys are talking about. Uh, they're worshiping God. And I think it's imperative that we get this because the Colossians, those at the church at Ephesus, these were pagans, man. They had all their own pagan music and they were steeped in it. But Paul says, put off the old man. And that's part of the, putting off the old man and putting on the new man. He wants them to put a new song in their mouths, one that will glorify God. And it's interesting. It comes in the context of Ephesians of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. So much secular music, especially that country and rock music, rap is associated with drunkenness and so forth. But be filled with the Holy Spirit, he says. And then he goes on to say, walk carefully right before that with regard to your walk, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And in Colossians, same thing. Put off the old man, put on the new. And he also talks about, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I can't have the word of Christ dwell in me richly. I'm getting the word of, of the wicked dwell in me richly if I'm uh, just basking in the secular music of this wicked world. Yeah, I think this, and, and one of the reasons we're kind of belaboring this point is because it's very important. I, I think it it is one of those things, and, and we were talking about this pre-show, just, just about in Hebrews chapter 12, you have this great hall of faith of all these men and women of faith right previously. And then it says we have this great cloud of witnesses. Amen. So now what should we do? We should lay aside the sin and the encumbrance or the weight that so eagerly, easily entangles us so that we can run our race with endurance. So many people are putting weights on themselves where they're listening to these things that are hindering them, that are changing the way they think about stuff. And it's really heartbreaking because they are doing what Psalm 1 warns about. They are sitting in the seat of scoffers. Right. So many of these artists that they look up to, artists that they love and they listen to and they idolize and they pay thousands of dollars to see their concerts. Taylor Swift was just out here in L.A. and everyone, I think $1,100 for nosebleed seats over at Crypto, wow. right? And and what does she do? She mocks Christian says you can't even be a Christian, by the way, unless you're pro-choice. Uh, pro-baby killing. Pro-baby yeah. killing. I mean, it, it's sad to me. She mocks Christians who stand against the destruction of marriage through uh, LGBT marriages, you know? Will, oh, absolutely mocks. Literally acts like they're uneducated and can't spell. I mean, yeah. makes them out to be trailer park people. Yeah, like, all of a sudden, like, them. that's a bad thing. And it, it's a it's a heartbreaking It's a heartbreaking. Actually, claims thing. to be a Christian, by the way. Oh, yeah. So we see yeah. this blurring of the lines and a big deception going on right now. Oh, with, without a doubt. And so when you have guys like Dante Bo, somebody who was involved with Maverick City Music, who also we would not endorse, especially with some of their links up with uh, none other than Bethel and, and so forth, but 
Dante Bo, he was jettisoned by Maverick City Music. This was kind of like when when Israel Houghton was kicked out of Joel Osteen's church. And I'm like, if you get kicked out of Joel Osteen's church, what on earth are you even doing? Like, that's yeah. pretty wild. That's, and yeah, so, that's <laughs> so, so I look at that and I go, wow. And then we see, just like this, Dante Bo got kicked out. And it was because of his own behavioral issues. And this was something Maverick City Music put out. They said, quote, we have decided to put a pause on our professional relationship with Dante Bo. Decisions like these are not easy because of the level of nuance, both professionally and personally. But we felt it necessary to address. Now, Joe, he's been kicked out of Maverick City Music, but he still came out with a couple of Christian songs, some of which had his shirt unbuttoned and looked kind of awkward. People were like, dude, what's this guy doing? This is kind of weird. But now he's come out with a fully secular song. Uh, absolutely bikini-clad women. He has a Rolls Royce that breaks down in the music video. It's kind of, I'm just being honest with you. Even, I'm like, even if I wasn't saved, this would be an embarrassment of a video. But nonetheless, this is what he said about it when it came out. He said, quote, This project signifies my creative evolution and a daring leap towards pushing the envelope through soulful melodies, infectious beats, and deeply rooted lyrics. I've curated a sonic expedition that bridges the gap between diverse musical realms. <laughs> okay, that word salad, we need to kind of look at a little bit here. So he wants to push the envelope, obviously with bikini-clad women. It seems like he's doing that, dancing around with them, having his broken down Rolls Royce and so forth for his song, Wind Me Up. And in all honesty, I would say this to Shane and Shane about going alongside Bethel and doing doing a concert alongside well for Air One with them as well, but even more so here with Dante Bo, if he was actually making Christian music and this was music that was glorifying the Lord and he was doing that. I'm not saying that's what he was doing. I don't really know his heart's intent, but obviously I think there's something off here. That would truly be the trading of living water for broken cisterns that can't hold water. If you literally were making songs that were people were singing to glorify the Lord and and to grow in their relationship with him and offer up a sacrifice of praise. And you're like, well, let me sing up this other song, this creative thing where we can push the envelope. I mean, what an embarrassment. And, and Joe, before I even hand it back to you, I'm just saying, as of right now, I looked up just one song that he had to do that was worship before. And it had over 8 million views. This song came out uh, a, a month or so or two months ago, and it's only got like 100,000 views. So yeah, like, and the sad thing is, he'll like probably be back because he's getting all the money and, and the fame from uh, doing the, the so-called Christian stuff. But where's the heart at, you know? And it, Lord, judges, Lord judges the heart. We don't know uh, the hearts of so many people. We, we're supposed to test them by uh, their fruit and so forth. But it's kind of interesting because we're talking about a man, keep in mind, who was filmed on his party bus, you know, dancing uh, to Bad Bunny, you know? Yeah. And Bad Bunny has songs that are misogynistic, that are violent, that are sexually explicit. Uh, sing about, you know, literally women's body parts and you know, songs where... They're singing about you know being the devil and stuff like that and and he's dancing those kinds of songs and and then also he was you know he was seen you know at MTV Music Awards and by the way this this guy's big man because he got a Grammy for being the you know having the best Christian music album but he also you know is seen at MTV Music Awards kissing on a guy you know and uh, and that kind of caused a disturbance and it should thankfully that's something still causes a disturbance among the Christian church and. Uh, and then later he apologized, you know, and, and then he later pulled down his apology. Like, why? You know, so this doesn't really shock me, but it's really sad because these folks are leading a lot of people into the sewer. Oh, it, it is so sad to see. And 
it just seems like it's more and more commonplace. It's very hard to find people that just want to sing about the Lord and and, and glorify Him and, and, and stick that. I, I think there are plenty across this country and around the world that really just want to do that, and that's why they do it at their local congregation and they yeah. build up their body. And that's that why way. you know, and, and you know, we've uh, you know, we've even had to deal with Shane and Shane recently. We've tell, talked about that them on a, a show recently where we've actually uh, written to them more than once, and many have. And uh, we just did a live show recently where we uh, mentioned the concern that we're having with them. We're going to see what they're going to do with it. Uh, because you start to, you know, blur lines with the secular and you start to blur lines with heretics like at Bethel and so forth. And you're, what the thing is, it's a bridge. They might say, well, it's a bridge. And the response that we got, you know, was not from Shane, but their, I guess their publicist or what have you was, oh, well, you know, if we can be a bridge to turn people back to Jesus, quit, come on, man, you're a bridge for all, you know, Tens of thousands of your fans to Bethel and their heresies, uh, so you need to make you need to make it clear as to what you stand for and call them to repentance. Paul didn't say, "Yeah, let's hang out the wolves and sing Kumbaya with them, just so we can be a bridge, you know, to, to Jesus." No, he said to mark those. The scriptures say in the book of Romans, "Mark those who cause division and uh, not according to sound doctrine, and avoid them." Yeah, I I like that you put it that way too, because one of the things I think about is First Corinthians five versus Second Corinthians six, where it seems almost as when it comes to non-believers that that bridge is not being yoked with them. When it comes to the believer, the so-called brother, as it says in First Corinthians five, the the it's actually to a greater detail of hey believer, don't be sitting around eating with this person. Yeah. Like don't be having them there because why? It's actually just as much as it's for you because 1 Corinthians 15, 33, bad company corrupts good morals. But 1 Corinthians chapter five, it's for their soul because Amen. you're sitting with this person, you're eating Amen, with this bro. person and they think they're right with God when they're nowhere near it. Yeah. And so that is where, that is that is the preamble to 1 Corinthians six. Do not be deceived or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And that's in context, guys, to brethren. That's not in context to non-believers. What is what is the use of telling a bunch of non-believers, hey, make sure you understand that people practicing these things aren't going to enter the kingdom of God? Like, yeah, we already know that. The key there is to recognize that somebody sleeping with their father's wife, probably in an incestuous way, is, guess what, not a brother, and you shouldn't be happy and excited to team up with them and have them as part of your church. Absolutely. And Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, you know, know this last days, terrible times will come. And men we love yourself and so forth. But then he mentions they'll have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. But he says, from such, turn away. We're supposed to turn away from those who claim to be Christians, but are, are dragging the name of the Lord through the, through the sewer. And of course, we're going to get persecuted. You know, Paul goes on to say, all, you know, all those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. They're not going to like the truth. I mean, they crucified Jesus. And he said, how much more are they going to persecute you? So the thing is, is we need as Christians to make a distinction also with the weaker brother who is is growing and, and needs to be sanctified, come alongside and be patient with one another. And we're not all going to draw the lines at the exact same spot and dot our I's and cross our T's exactly the same. But when you're teaming up with those who are promoting sexual perversion and violence, you're claiming to be ministers of the of, of music and, and so forth. Uh, now we're talking about those in ministry. And I remember what Ezekiel, God did Ezekiel. He took him to the temple and he took him to a hole where he could see into the temple. And he showed him the abominations that the priests were involved in, the religious leaders of the day. And Ezekiel was blown away. And they said, let me show you even greater abominations. Then he showed him even greater abominations. And a lot of this uh, was about sexual sin. A lot of this was about idolatry and so forth. And that's what we see in the church today. 
And it's important, first and foremost, that we as Christians, we examine our own lives and say, Lord, are there any idols that I'm allowing in my life, you know, that are grieving your Holy Spirit, that are keeping me from intimacy with you, that are actually opening me up to, you know, sin, you know, uh, because the scriptures are very clear that, you know, godless chatter leads to more ungodliness. So when I see Dante Bo getting involved in music that's just perverse, it doesn't surprise me if he gets involved in perversion. And because, you know, you bring junk into your heart, you know, Jesus said the good man stores up good in his heart and, and, and then as a result, good comes out, but the evil man stores up evil in his heart. So what are we allowing into our eye gates, our ear gates, you know? Let's uh, guard our hearts, as the scriptures say, because out of it in Proverbs 4 come the springs of life. Oh, so important. So important for for everyone to hear. And and specifically when it comes to the muddying in the waters, we had, we had a clip we were going to play, but I, I think it's really important for us to show where this has happened as well and show why it is so important to make the distinction between that which is holy and that which is profane. And a clip that I had shown to Joe uh, that we won't have time to play the whole clip on here, but one of the one of the clips that we had talked about uh, actually it was sent by Tony, funny enough, because it's an Instagram page for worship leaders. And on this Instagram page, the guy is talking about how the church does a disservice when it separates the holy from the profane. And so we love to we love to put labels on things, especially the church. We love to label things as this is sacred and this right. is secular. And I, it does it a disservice. Probably does. Yeah, it probably does a disservice to both. And it's interesting because I, I, you know, I was, I was telling you, I was looking at some scripture because I thought immediately of what it talks about of those, and you get the reference in in numbers in terms of the age, but in Deuteronomy one thirty nine, those who did not make the distinction from the holy from the profane, from mm-hmm. the sacred and the secular, so to speak, those ones were the ones that were able to enter into the kingdom, uh, or not in the kingdom there, but enter into the promised land, and. It was because they were so young and naive. I'm sorry, but you should put away childish things at this point, especially if you've been leading worship for people. Amen, and and we're actually going to, we'll, we'll do that on another show. But Joe, one of the things that stuck out to me was I went through the list of some of the more popular artists that have teamed up with secular artists. And what I want to do is read from some of these artists, who they are, and then read some of the lyrics that, by the way, when you bridge this divide here, as Joe already mentioned, this was the, he was talking about bridging the divide to false teaching. When you bridge the divide, let's just be honest. When Chris Tomlin teams up with guy, the guy from Florida Georgia Line, what do you think is going to happen? Is it more likely that Florida Georgia Line fans are all of a sudden be like, oh, I'm only going to listen to Chris Tomlin now? Or is it more likely that people who listen to Chris Tomlin say, oh, this guy's probably a believer? Oh, Joe, you know what? Florida Georgia Line has a song called Holy. Why don't I just read from it, Joe? And let, let's see this beautiful song, Holy, that they have. You're an angel. Tell me you're never leaving because you're the first thing I know I can believe in. You're holy, holy, holy. I'm high on loving you. High on loving you. You're holy, holy, holy. I'm high on loving you. High on loving you. I don't need these stars because you shine for me. Like fire in my veins, you're my ecstasy. You're my ecstasy. You're holy, holy, holy. I'm high on loving you, high on loving you. You're holy, 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 high on loving you, high on loving you. You're the healing hands where it used to hurt. You're my saving grace. You're my kind of church. This is talking about a woman. He's describing holy, 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 something that's reserved for God Almighty that the cherubim and seraphim sing to God with their, you know, (laughs) with their actual uh, wings over their faces because they're in such holy ground. And now you're applying it to a woman. 
is blasphemy. Joe, I could not help, but as I read those lyrics, I'm thinking about what you've, what you've already mentioned with the golden calf. This is Yahweh yeah. here. This is, yeah. they, they gave the divine holy name That's of right. God to a golden calf yeah. of their own making. And as you talked about, probably engaged in orgies around going, yeah. I mean, some of the things that are going on. And what is this song doing? What is it saying? It's this idolatry. Absolutely. It's spiritual adultery against the one true God. And let's team up with them because it's very unlikely that when we team up with these secular artists, you know, that, that, that somebody go, oh, who is that? And next thing you know, especially if you're a Christian, maybe naive even, and you're like, oh, I always listen to Chris Tomlin and then, and then this. Uh, Joe, this was another one that stuck out to me. And this is a, this is a while ago, but this is Lecrae singing a song called Blessings. And an artist featured on there is Ty Dolla Sign. Well, one of his songs, well, let's go with some Christian songs. I'm sure Ty Dolla Sign has some awesome Christian music. Uh, he has a song called Saved. Oh, well, maybe he got saved, Joe. Uh, here's Ty Dolla Sign Save. Quote, Dolla Sign blank, but he won't date her. About my paper, real big blank, man, everything Taylor, vans like a skater, we eating over here, man, everything catered, she know I'm a player, she want a blank now, but I want a blank later, she be looking for a baller, somebody that'll keep her in designer, she ain't thinking about love, she got her mind on my money, she can't get a blank thing from me, trying to get saved, she want to get saved, I ain't gonna save her. Joe, that doesn't seem like uh, too uh, too Christian lyrics there for me. No, it's uh, reprehensible, actually. And when you look at the music video, Joe, it's actually him on a throne in heaven, by the way, uh, trying to save these ladies. And Joe, this one, man, it, it is it's really sad because if you just listen to the song, except for who is in the song, uh, it seems like a nice worship song. I don't really know Tasha Cobbs Leonard that much, uh, but uh, in her album heart passion pursuit she has a song titled titled i'm getting ready and it features none other than roman i mean nikki minaj yeah uh you know and, and nikki minaj we don't have to say much but she has such incredibly sickening perverse lyrics we can't even read them you know most of them mm -hmm. uh but she's also claims to be possessed by a demonic entity called roman where she did a mock exorcism at a uh, music show and where the minister couldn't even cast the demon out of her because she says it's such a powerful demonic entity and that we're teaming up with those not us but these artists and you know circling back even you know to address maybe a little bit of what uh the worship leader said who's prominent you know you know representing worship leader magazine uh talking about well yeah there's this crossover it's really cool and you got carrie underwood and you know jesus take the wheel and played on some secular things and but you know Carrie Underwood claims to be a Christian but at the same time I mean what does she stand for uh, she says as a married person myself talking about gay marriage she said I don't know what it's like to be told I can't marry somebody I love I want to marry and you know she goes on to tell the outlet same outlet I can't imagine how it must feel I definitely think we should all have a right to love and and love publicly and 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 people that we want to love and you know and she talks about she tells the same outlet that her and her husband, Mike Fisher, you know, that they go to a quote-unquote gay-friendly church. Uh, so when we look at the scripture, what's the final arbitrator of truth? It's God's word, you know? And we read in the scripture, you know, don't be deceived, you know, that homosexuals not inherit the kingdom of God. That's not love. I'm not loving if I have a family member or friend 
that wants to marry someone of the same sex. I know what the scriptures say. The loving thing to be do, to do at that point would say, hey, you know what? Jesus said he's the only way, and this broad way leads to destruction. The scriptures warn that homosexuals will inherit the kingdom of God, and I, and I would call them to repentance and love. And I have to deal with somebody that was somewhat close to you, a distant family member, not my immediate family, and say, hey, I'm always here for you, you know? When you're ready to, to come out of this and, and turn from it, and I'll be praying for you and so forth. That's love, man. Love doesn't pat them on the back on their way to hell. And I just this is really heartbreaking. If you're caught up in a lot of this secular music, look look at how it affects her living, her her viewpoint. When you get involved in a lot of secular music, you're you get jaded and you get away from the word of God because you're in the word of the world system. And the Bible says we're supposed to be separate from the world and not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed the renewing of our minds. And we want to encourage you if you are caught up in in secular music and blurring the lines or you're a worship leader you're bringing secular music into the church uh man be warned we love you but we want to encourage you before you face god to make sure that you are living for his glory and not what makes you feel good but what actually honors and and exalts god and if you're a christian and you're like man i've been letting the secular music in the door a lot lately well we encourage you we love you man that's why we talk the way we do we care about you we just want to encourage you uh, to, to seek the Lord and say, Lord, uh, help me to renounce the works of darkness and to make a distinction between that which is holy and profane, uh, because you certainly do that, Lord. And help me sing and obey the scriptures and sing psalms and hymns and spiritually, spiritual songs and constantly, continually, as scriptures say, be giving praise to you. Uh, because so much of secular music, especially like a lot of the country music, is all about whining and, and complaining and, and so forth. And, and I'll, you know, remember that old joke, Chad? What will you get if you play country music backwards? You'll get your truck back, your dog back, your wife back, and you'll become sober. And that's because it's all about the opposite. Much of the music's about the opposite of that. And man, man, we got so much Christian music. Tens of thousands of songs have been written that glorify God. Let's immerse ourselves in music that glorifies Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you guys. You've been listening to The Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel and host Chad Davidson discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how they relate to family, culture, and the church. To learn more about Good Fight Ministries, visit us online at goodfight.org. Join our growing social media family and consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash goodfight.